This is the Made at Sac State podcast. I'm your host, Philip Allstott. And today in the studio, we have musician, filmmaker, martial artist, and alumni. My name is Baldwin Chu. I am a graduate of Sac State from uh, 98. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. It kind of gives away my uh, age. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I graduated, yeah, yeah, 98 uh, in mechanical engineering from uh, Sac State. I am now a film producer, musician uh, down in L.A., but um, yeah, I've loved being at Sac State and I loved all the experiences that I got there. A lot of people do a lot of things, but I just feel like, like you allow your experiences to sort of... Um inform one another yeah this is sort of like how we think a studio artist is like i might draw for a period of time and then go to painting and i might do some sculpture but i allow them to inform one another so when i'm done sculpting and i go back to painting again somehow my painting's better you know hmm. <laughs> from that time i spent sculpting because all of these things they do they they sort of like they're all intertwined up. right yeah some people might look at it and be like wow baldwin's done a lot of Thanks. That's crazy. But, you know, <laughs> if they all sort of like culminate in this, uh, this experience that leads to your filmmaking or your music, then um, it's it's really cool. So I just want to go through your journey if we could. Yeah. And maybe start w with your with your youth. Sure. I found out that you grew up in San Francisco. Is that right? Yeah, I grew up in San Francisco, was born there. Okay. First love that I could possibly remember was football. Uh I was a big 49er fan. I just wanted to play sports, um, wanted to be the next Joe Montana growing up. It was one of those things where you don't see. You, I, growing up, I never saw an Asian person play football, um, and it was actually kind of discouraged um, mm. uh, amongst my peers, uh, not necessarily my friends or even the coaches, but even just just within the older peer group of the, of the Asian or Chinese community, family. Um it was one of those things that I wasn't really highly encouraged because, hey, Chinese people just don't play football. And mm -hmm. as much as that was my first love, I think that was the first time my dreams got crushed was when um, when I got injured in football and I was encouraged to discontinue just because of an injury where I think most kids would overcome the injury and keep going on. I mean, it's, so um, I think that actually started um, – my thinking path and my mindset about, okay, do I want my dreams to continue to be crushed? Because this was my first crushed dream. And uh, when I know when, when I was, when I discontinued playing football, I was wondering, are there any other dreams that I'm not allowed to have or can't have simply because I'm Chinese descent? I guess as I continued my career and my education, you know, I got into hip hop and once again, I think people were saying to me, well, you don't see Asian people rap or beatbox or make those sounds out of their mouth. You don't see hip hop artists or rappers in the 90s that are Chinese or Asian. And then I was starting to be creative and I wanted to really um, I wanted to rap in Chinese also because I just because I could mm. um, not because I was super fluent. I was conversational. English is my first language, but I wanted to do something unique um, that was representative of who I am as a as a whole. Um, and that actually, you know, once again, people would say, Hey, you're the only one doing this. You're the only one that's Chinese and, and rapping. You're the only one that's rapping and not a gang member. You're the only one that's a rapper that's going to become an engineer and go to college. You're the only one that's like rapping and not, not, um, 
using profanity and you think you can do positive messages or even rap about God or engineering. And they said, you're so out of the box. You're the only one doing this that you will surely fail. Mm-hmm. And it was another one of those things. It just came back into my mind like, oh my gosh, is this going to be like football all over again where people are telling me that my dreams are, are just going to be crushed because just because of I'm Chinese. That really started my search. And, um, you know, this was actually at Sac State when I was just given the opportunity to just be on the on the radio station there and just show my love for hip hop and specifically even gospel hip hop or Christian hip hop where or just clean and positive hip hop, conscious hip hop, sometimes they called it. Mm-hmm. And um, I got a lot of support when I was there. And I felt like, you know what, people kept saying I was the only one doing this and I would fail. And at the same time, I was kind of reconciling with my faith and saying, okay, God, if if this is like the creative outlet that you've put in in me, then like, am I am I really going to fail at it? Like, why would you put it in me and make me fail at it? Mm-hmm. So I decided to change my name. I, ch- I changed the name and my hip hop name became only one because everyone said you're the only one doing this. But I hmm. miss I um, I changed the spelling from one to W.O.N meaning that though I'm only one person, I haven't lost to the pressures of the world, but I've won. I really felt like that changed the way I looked at um, life, changed the way I looked at music. It made me change the way I looked at art. And it made me change the way I looked at the possibilities. And I started infusing that into who I really was. I was studying engineering. That was my day job eventually. and it gave me an opportunity to mix hip hop with engineering, mix hip hop with education, um, really get into filming music videos the way maybe movies or films were created. So I think all of that just really started um, with that beginning dream of being wanting to be a football player and everyone saying, no, you can't do it. And I just didn't want future dreams to be said, people to say no to. Uh, being in the Bay Area and you know having all the options you know, that are present there, what was it that drew you to Sac State? Sacramento was definitely quieter than San Francisco. And it, it, I think going to Sac State was one of those things where it was, I don't know, it, it felt, it felt like home. Mm-hmm. And Sac State was, was really a school that, that showed that it had promise. It showed that it was, it had the, the, the career that I wanted to go through and became one of those schools where, I was able to really test my foundations, test the things that I loved and, and gave me opportunities to try different things. And I think um, I think it was a good decision because if I went to some of these other schools, I, would, I feel it would have been narrowed my path. It wouldn't have given me so many options that I could have tried and, and, and made it a part of who I am. You did talk about, uh, you know, KSSU, you know, being part of the radio station as, as this thing that stands out to you. But is there any anything else like professors, classes, moments that you think back on that, that might have de- defined who you are today? Oh, man, so many. Um, I mean, martial arts is a big thing. Um, well, it was one of those things where I, I wanted to do martial arts growing up as a kid, but we just didn't have the, um, the opportunities. I didn't have the opportunities and, you know, my parents couldn't really take me to those classes. So going to Sac State, I mean, they had... Um, Dr. Joan Knighty. And she was amazing because first of all, I didn't think a white lady, you know, you know, just, that was just my stereotype in my mind. Like, oh, I'm going to, is this mm-hmm. white lady is going <laughs> to teach me about martial arts. And man, I loved her. She was so knowledgeable. She was so in your face. Um, 
I, I have so many fond memories of testing for different belts where she would just punch me. And I was like, man, this lady could hit. <laughs> and uh, funny to say, like, I love those moments. I, I love being tested. I loved being in an environment where um, there are different people learning. And she, she taught me about not just one art, but she taught me that um, I should open my mind to different art forms. I shouldn't, I don't, mm. I don't have to be just doing her art form, which is also, um, which is why I ended up doing Tai Chi also starting at Sac State. That was not just my life as a martial artist. It was the same outlook in life. Let's, let's go try different things. Let's not be afraid. Let's do things that maybe some people would never do, but you have an opportunity to do. Why don't we just go do it and see if, see if, see if I like it. And even if I don't like it, it'll change me in some sort because now I have that experience. So it allowed me to, um, you know, to, to look at different types of engineering, even as a career, it look, allowed me to look at music and, and work with different artists of different genres. It allowed me to, um, even like while I was at Sac State, it allowed me to say like, you know what? Um, the ROTC Army program was very interested in me and I, I didn't really have an intention to join the military, but that experience, it, it was very helpful when I was auditioning for roles in, in movies. And because of that, that military training that I got, the casting director for the first Hulk movie said, hey, why don't you join the SWAT team? You know, we want you on the SWAT team. We want you on FBI. We want you to gear up and, and hunt down the Hulk. Those are the things that just kept on adding to um, my experiences. And they, like you said earlier, it's intertwined. Everything kind of led into another thing, which led into another thing and led into another thing. And it just um, created, uh, it helped create who I am as a whole. I'm just so fascinated because there's a lot of talk on campus right now about Combat U. Oh man, I heard about that. That's <laughs> I'm so excited about that. I wish I could be there for that. Yeah, and well, just to hear you say that, you know, you were you were exploring martial arts, and this gave you the confidence to then sort of like branch out creatively. You know what I mean? Like it was like a life yeah. lesson that you got yeah. from combat sports that allowed you to build up this repertoire of of yeah. skills and experiences that has now led to your life's work. Yeah, I mean, even when I even when I teach martial arts to students like my daughter, you know, I, I took her boxing. We we joined a boxing gym down here. You know, she was nine years old and she's out there, you know, punching a speed bag. And I'm teaching her how to do that, and like. These are the same lessons I say to her. It's like, hey, everything I teach you here um, in this martial arts world, in this in this, you know, combat sports, or you know, um, it applies to your life. I want you to learn this. You don't have to like it. You don't have to do this forever. But I want you to at least try it. Even if you fail, you you win. You succeed when you fail. You you can't succeed without failing. So I think all those things I learned in 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 martial arts, you know, getting hurt, getting hit, missing a, missing a block, missing a kick, missing a punch. I mean, they're, they're, they're momentary mm -hmm. failures, but um, those are the same things that, that built me up that said, okay, well, let's try again. And maybe next time I, I won't miss that block. Maybe I won't miss that kick. Uh, maybe I won't miss this opportunity. Maybe I'll get another chance to do this. Uh, and I think that's one of those things where I think growing up, a lot of people, are afraid of failure. They're afraid of trying something that they're not good at or have never done before. Uh, and I get that. And I, I hope that what I can do with my life is to encourage people to 
not be afraid. I'm not saying go do, do something stupid, you know, <laughs> where you know, your life is on the line. Um, but there's so many more things in this world that are um, just opportunities uh, that, that I, I would hate. I hate seeing people not take those opportunities. Yeah. 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 Um, the, the, the fun thing that I think with Sac State was um, to be like, okay, well, I'm going to go into engineering, but um, let me have some fun and jump on this radio station and play the music I want, be inside of a recording studio, be um, see some equipment, you know, see what a mixing board looks like and how that works and hang out with other like-minded people from different um, different majors that are also interested in music. That I think that really gave me the opportunity to say like, hmm, maybe I don't have to choose necessarily. Maybe I can do it all. I think it was one of those things where it was now yes and it was no longer uh, this or you can only do this or this or this or this. But now it was an opportunity where I could say, oh, I could do this and this and this and this. And if I want to focus on something else later, then I'll focus on something else later or I can focus on one of these things later. But at this moment, in this opportunity, in this time, I can be all of it. And honestly, that that sort of multidisciplinary approach I feel like it's probably necessary in something like filmmaking, right? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel like, you know, art is one of those things. Entertainment is one of those things where the more you have in your bag, uh, the, the more creative you actually can be. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the movie Far East, Deep South. Yeah. I mean, um, Far East, Deep South is a personal family journey where we, we discover my family roots and we, we trace it back, not to China, but we trace it back to Mississippi um, to over 150 years ago. And this was one of those history moments where like I was growing up, going to school, learning about American history, learning about the South, learning about civil rights, learning about slavery, learning about segregation, Jim Crow laws, all these horrific things that the South is well known for, unfortunately. Um, But I never felt like that was my story. So I'll learn it in order to pass this class, but that's it. And, Little did I know that not knowing that history really affected who I was and who I am today. My dad obviously knew some of it, but he never talked about it. Um, I I remember him telling me that your grandfather and great-grandfather were in Mississippi. Um, Let's just move on. And it really wasn't until we... We made this discovery where, you know, my brother said, hey, dad, you mentioned Mississippi a long time ago. Why don't we just go there and find this gravestone that you say exists? We thought, okay, probably we'll not really learn too much. We'll be lucky to find this gravestone of a couple of Chinese people in a cemetery. If we get lucky, we'll find it. If not, then, well, at least we tried. And then we'll just go home and say, okay, well, at least we had some good Southern cooking (laughs) when we came down here. But what we discovered instead was that it wasn't just my great-grandmother and great-grandfather. It was an entire community, and a community that thrived, a community that suffered, a community that went through so much of, um, of the history that we, we hear about and read about in the South, but we never, ever thought it applied to the Asian or Chinese community. It, it totally changed the way we looked at Mississippi. It changed the way we looked at the South. It changed the way we looked at America. And then ultimately, it changed the way we looked at ourselves and our own community and wondering why did we not know this history, which was significant. It wasn't like just, oh, they were there and then they left. Um, They were the the history of the Chinese in Mississippi was significant to everyone there. 
um, to the black community, the black community and the Chinese community living together, working on plantations together, living in the same colored areas. Um, Chinese people extending 0% credit at lower prices to the black community after the Chinese were kicked off um, plantations because of Chinese exclusion acts. I, I had no oh. idea all this history was there and that there was even a Chinese exclusion act and that, that, you know, banned Chinese people from coming in and getting labor jobs or becoming citizens. Um, and we take that all for granted today because, you know, you just come in and, you know, apply for citizenship and join the military and serve this country. And it, it, it never dawned on me how difficult it was going to be. It was back then um, to have the things that we have today. I grew up with a lot of people in the black community, not knowing that I even had history with the black community. And now I, I, I trace back my past and say, like, man, I had all these black friends and uh, black people that I worked with in, in music and in film and entertainment. And it's like, wow, my great grandfather and great grandmother also had relationships with the black community. It, it made me really want to make sure that the next generation, my daughter's generation, doesn't have to go through her life not knowing about her past. Mm. Your story really echoing your great grandparents' story. That is just like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, like kind of like goosebump chills, you know, <laughs> hearing about that. I'm really excited about the film. Yeah. So, Far East Deep South is a documentary. It's, um, and we've been, we've had the honor and the pleasure of, um, having PBS pick it up. So, it's on PBS World Channel, uh, debuted, uh, almost three years ago on, on broadcasts. Most films are, are released for entertainment value. And we hope that people are still entertained by this film because we we shot it in a way and filmed it and, and told it in a way where we have ups and downs, happy moments, sad moments, um, surprising moments. But we really wanted it to educate people. We wanted it to capture people's hearts and as well as their minds. And we wanted to educate people from the inside out. We wanted people to hear not just um, stories or, or information about the past, but we wanted people to feel the effects of our history. We wanted people to see how it affected our family for multiple generations, um, but we didn't wanna just leave it in a dark place. Uh, we wanted to have an ending that said, yes, um, bad things happened in our past, um, but there's there's hope. There there are things we can learn from it. There are things that we can we can grow from it. And there are relationships that have been built from it that we can continue and foster and nourish and create better relationships in the future. Hey, this is Baldwin Chu, AKA Only One, and I was made at Sac State. Thanks for joining me today, Baldwin. If people want to watch the film, how can they do that? It's still on PBS right now, but it's also through our education distributor, um, New Day Films, which um, allows it to be on Canopy, Canopy spelled with a K. So a lot of universities have access. I think Sac State might have access to it through Canopy. I think Sac State actually has a DVD as well. Um, but through public libraries, if you're listening to this and you're not at Sac State or at a university, through your public libraries, there's a lot of them have Canopy as well. And then we just landed a we just landed a deal on Tubi for free streaming with ads. So you got to suffer through uh, some commercials here and there. Um, everyone has access to the film right now, and then uh, we're touring. Thank you. Wow. Thanks.